Yeah, Lou, we, we just wanted to hang out with you for a little bit. Obviously, cool, you know, you were sent uh, our clip. And I was just like thinking of it, like just matter of fact, like how happy that made me. <laughs> that here's you. And I listened to you on Card Talk talk about this because you are an adult and you wanted the yes. kids to actually go through there. Yes. And then you have the smile is like as big as any like five-year-old would have been in that situation so yeah for those that don't know walk us through what exactly happened yeah so um obviously i made elijah moore my number one pc player for the jets going forward because to be honest up until now there hasn't been very many people worthy of collecting on the jets so um i kind of made a decision that i was going to full send into elijah and i actually started I got pretty far into a prism rainbow. Ooh. Um, and then I, I was doing a non-auto rainbow. I don't know if you could see it. A non-auto yeah. rainbow there. And um, right before the national, someone DM me and said, hey, I know where the one of one auto is. Would you want to buy it? And I said, yes. It made me sad because I was going to have to reset my entire rainbow. But I was like, I'm not going to turn down a one, of, a one of one, right? So um, jumped into that, grabbed that. And then I said to myself, all right, should I grade this? Because obviously I want to grade it, right? Like I'm definitely going to grade it eventually. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to make sure I brought it to camp in case the opportunity came up that I was going to get a picture. Um, so practice ends. We're walking around, me and my friends, Greg and Sean. Um, and I couldn't find Elijah. I was kind of panicking. I'm like, this is kind of the whole reason I came today. If I don't get this, I'm going to be super upset. Uh, and I just happened to see him and Garrett Wilson off on the side working out. I stand on the, I stand on the side. There's a bunch of kids like screaming his name. I'm like, I can't be more out of place in this little line here than me and a bunch of kids trying to get Elijah Moore's autograph. Um, so whatever, I wait like 10, 15 minutes. Every single kid comes in. He signed for everybody. He's like the nicest guy of all time. Um, and then at the end, I was like, hey, I have your rookie card here. It's extremely rare. I tried to explain it to him, but I was like, he's not going to get it. I don't think. And also it's not worth going through the whole explanation. So I was like, let me just take, I was like, can we just take a picture with a real? He's like, absolutely. I was like, can do you mind holding it? He was like, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and then he made that cool face, which was awesome. Uh, and I posted it probably within 30 seconds of taking the picture. Cause I was so excited. That is incredible. And yeah. Uh, your, your honest thoughts on the auto on that thing. Listen, I mean, I'll put it up here just in case anyone hasn't seen it yet. It's a, it's a tough sticker. That let's just call it what it is. It's it's a little bit. I don't understand fully how the process works. Like they're putting the, the stickers on the cards. They're like, all right, this is obviously his best card in this set. Maybe we should pick a different sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it kind of makes it a little bit funnier because the auto is so weird. It's also like crazy. So I have a, a decent amount. I wanted to bring them out so I could show you guys just to compare. Yeah. Like this one is much better, right? Mm. Like that's that's yeah. much better. Yeah, and National then, Treasures. Yeah, that's the NT. And then even like this one's better. Right. Um, I just yeah. got we just got unlucky with the with the diagonal on, on this one, but um it was funny. It it makes the story better, honestly. Yeah. That's so that's so crazy, man. Yeah. And uh we just had the Justin Jefferson super collector on. Uh, oh really? I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Did is there any tips you have for people that are trying to super collect a player of any era? interesting um honestly this is my first time going through it i think one of the mistakes i made especially when it comes to like super modern stuff justin jefferson's an example of that um i kind of rushed to grab everything i could right like i got this gold the gold eli 
that I vastly overpaid for, right? Because in context, I was like, I just need to get this. Like, I need to have this gold. If I don't get it, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to see another one, et cetera, et cetera, in my head. I ended up massively overpaying because it was the week the product came out. Um, so it's weird. It's kind of like a combination of patience and also like being ready to strike at any moment, right? Like the auto, the one-on-one auto, it's like, all right, well, I really don't know if I'm ever going to see the other one-on-one. Who knows? It could be sitting in a box for the next 10 years, right? Probably not, but maybe. Um, so in that situation, it's like, you got to jump on immediately, but even like an out of five and out of 10 and out of 25, whatever, like there's going to be opportunities for those in the future. So maybe like that's where the patience comes in, I think. But again, I would primarily preach like action, be ready to make a play at any, at any moment. You know, are you, uh, are you currently investing in any college uniform cards of Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson? No, I really don't do the college stuff just because it's not really my thing, right? I, I with all due respect, I don't care about Brees Hall if he's not on the Jets, you know? So it's like unless he's on the Jets, I'm not that I'm not that super interested. Um, so I primarily focus on the NFL stuff and I try to stick to like the products I like. I did end up getting like a contender a contender's optic auto, um, which is like my favorite product. So I was excited about that. Um, but I primarily stick to like NT immaculate prism and maybe optic. Yeah. You know, it's funny about Elijah and Andy, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that Elijah Moore was a part of the most iconic sec moment of the modern era? No, what moment was that Carter? Oh, oh, so, so Lou, you don't know this about Elijah. I don't Uh, know. Okay. So, um, are, are you familiar with the egg bowl? I am. Okay, so they played that game a few years ago, and Elijah Moore did a touchdown celebration that cost him the game. Huh. When, oh, I, you really – okay, so – I really you, don't know this story. I'm looking it up oh, as you're talking. Okay, so <laughs> so this is about – okay, from an LSU perspective, this is still my favorite moment of joy in the SEC. All right. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> All right, so this is the biggest rivalry in Mississippi. It's – Ole Miss, Mississippi State, they play every year on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And the year before, Ole Miss blew the brakes off of them. Yep. And DK Metcalf did a celebration where he acted like a dog urinating. I have seen this before. He got in trouble for that? No. it's That's the funny thing about it is Elijah Moore did that, and the score was 21-20. to 20. It was a game-time touchdown late in the game. Okay. And Okay, so there he is yes, right I've there. I've seen this before. I didn't know he got in trouble for this, though. Well, it cost him the game because the it, he the touchdown was scored late, and they had right. to they had to kick a long extra point to tie it, and the Ole Miss kicker missed it, and that was the game. Oh, that is insane. That's so interesting because I again I really don't know that much about college player I'm, I'm a little bit better now but i don't know that much about college players until they show up in the nfl right so the only thing i know about elijah moore is that he seems to be like the nicest person of yeah. all time and i've never seen him do a so ce- i mean he does the celebrations and all that stuff he definitely talks a little bit but i've never known him to be anything like that that's crazy yeah oh it was i've never been happier in my life <laughs> it was just chaos i always cheer for chaos if it's not involving lsu i want the most chaotic ending of yeah. all time and, it always makes it more fun. Yeah, and and that's what he did. This egg bowl on Thanksgiving, it was huh. great. 
You know, um, tell people a little bit more about you. Well, obviously, uh, we didn't introduce you. It's Lou Janu, uh, you know, co-host yeah. of the Card Talk podcast with uh, Tyler and Card Collector 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, it, you get to work with Gary V. How, give us your little background on sure. how you got involved with the hobby and, and everything. Yeah, I could do that for sure. Um, so I have been a collector in some form or fashion since probably like 2003. Uh, the story I always tell is my first entry into cards was LeBron's rookie year. Um, I, myself, uh, my dad, Gary, his brother, AJ, and then their best friend, Brandon, was kind of our original crew. I was a very young kid. I'm 28 now, so I was seven. And, no, wait, no. 2003. I was nine. That's math. Um, So, yeah, I was nine, and we were ripping boxes of Bowman Chrome, like as many as we can get our hands on every weekend. We were going to shows, looking for singles, looking for boxes. It's funny. I was talking to my dad about it recently. One of the guys in that class, we were obviously chasing LeBron. We were chasing Carmelo. And then the other guy we were very hot on was TJ Ford. I don't know if you remember TJ Ford from back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to the bucks i think in that class and that was that was another guy we really liked um so that was my initial kind of foray into cards as with other things you're growing up i kind of faded away from that i was a big pokemon kid uh big pokemon kid big Yu-Gi-Oh kid and then sports cards was like the third thing um and then slowly but surely faded away from that i ended up working at vayner uh straight out of high school i graduated high school in june of 2012 and i started at vayner july of 2012 um and i was working I was pretty much a kid and Gary gave me an opportunity to be honest, to kind of grow and, and become an adult. Uh, I've worked on a couple of different projects with him uh, separate from regular Vayner stuff. And then 2017 rolls around. He went to, or 20, yeah, 2017 rolls around. He went to the Cleveland national uh, on a whim that summer and came back and was like, I'm obsessed with this. Like, this is, do you want to get back into it? Like, let's try it. Let's start buying some cards, et cetera. So uh, he and I were kind of doing that. I was helping him manage his collection. Essentially. I was going on eBay, doing a lot of purchasing, um, doing a lot of back research, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of what me and Gary did on a card front. Um, And then we went to the national 2019 and then COVID happens obviously. Um, And when we were at the national in Chicago, 2019, I was walking around with Tyler and Gary and we were kind of like, man, like, would love to do a show like a podcast something like we were just trying to think of ideas of ways to do more stuff with cards because it was the most fun thing we were doing um covid finally hits tyler and i are talking we're like we should just do the podcast we have nothing else to do right like we're just sitting at home um and who was the best person we could think of to do that with was ryan and luckily he said yes he was the first person we asked and he said yes which was great uh and we kind of just got the ball rolling from there ever since then ever i think july of 2020 was our first episode and we've done weekly pretty much ever since yeah and you know you were you were dealing with nba obviously and yeah you know, so I, I, NBA. I i i remember um and the, i'll be honest like you know i wasn't you know like the biggest subscriber of like gary v content but just seeing him talk about it on tiktok and my dad's history with NBA collecting with PSA 10, everything and all that. Gary's the one that got me back into it, even though it ended up not being basketball. And I'm not like Gary V's like P1 demographic. Sure. Um, and it's just crazy, like how much influence that guy has has had on, on cards, Lou. It, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It's honestly really interesting. We He makes fun of us all the time because he's – 
he says rightfully and not rightfully that we were like doubting him a little bit. Like he was basically, it was like the number one thing he talked about every single day was cards. And at some point it's kind of just like, I don't know. Like I can't, sp- it, this sounds so stupid right now to say, but at the time I'm like, I can't spend a thousand dollars on a LeBron tops current rookie. I'm not <sighs> doing that. Right. And, and right. in hindsight, that is insane. It was also like $30 for look for Luca PSA tens trade PSA tens were like 25, like the raw cards were $7. It was like seven twenty dollars to sub and the card was selling for 350 immediately like that was the kind of stuff that was going on and i literally just couldn't wrap my head around it um so when the influence thing it's really hard to measure but he definitely has a big his audience is a big tent of people um and i definitely think he exposed he exposed a lot of people to cards through that stuff and it's not like he stopped because there's a lot of vfriend stuff uh, on a week-to-week basis. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with that. We can get into that or not. It's up to you guys. Uh, but he has a couple different card releases. He did like a a very premium Series 1 release, and then we just recently did a Series 2 release as well, uh, Collect to Compete. That's much more of an actual trading card game. So the card DNA is so ingrained in Gary, it's hard to really explain. There's one thing I've heard Gary talk, because he kind of got me back into it as well, because I saw him on the Rich Eisen show. My buddy yes. Brad from Comeback Card Investors sent me a link of Gary V on the Rich Eisen show, and I saw how passionate and how serious he was about it. I'm like, oh, this is this is incredible. Yeah. And the one thing I've heard Gary mention about football players, I want to get your take on, Lou, is, is the helmet effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the cards with them having the hel- helmet on kind of detracting from the, the emotional connection or emotional bond that you could potentially build with a player. Do you, yeah. do you feel that same way? Do you see that? I think for like the like mass population that applies and that applies to like commercials and marketing in general, right? Like football yeah. players aren't as recognizable as baseball players. That's just how it goes. So when you see, you know, JJ Watt in a commercial, I think unless you know football, you don't necessarily know that's JJ Watt. He's now exposed himself and become much more popular. But at first it was probably like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? I think it's more of a mass market thing. And in general, I think if you walked up to 10 people on the street and showed them a picture of Patrick Mahomes and a random person on the street and you're like, which one's Patrick Mahomes? I think it'd be a lot closer to people getting it wrong than not. Wow. Mm. Um, You know, obviously you three on your show, you talk all the different sports. Um, And obviously we mostly focus, well, we do focus on football cards here. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes football cards unique compared to the other sports? Hmm. One of the things about football that I constantly grapple with is why it's always the quarterbacks that are obviously like the most highly priced. Right. Um, I think the answer to that question is they're just the faces of the franchise. Those are the people, those are the, faces that people recognize those are the people who are on the teams for the longest historically right so obviously those guys sell for more but kind of in the last couple of years we talked about it on car talk actually like early we were like hey it feels like people like dk metcalf and aj brown and uh deandre hopkins like these guys should have higher prices than they do um but it's never hit and i can't I can't put my finger on it either. I'm sure you guys probably have much more of a better pulse on it than I do, but it just seems like they're much more, I don't know, expendable from a card standpoint than they are uh, compared to quarterbacks. And obviously like it's true. They do cycle through those much, much faster than, than they do quarterbacks or even like offensive linemen. You know what I mean? Um, But it's weird. I don't, the the interesting part about football is that there's so many different options. There's so many different guys. And I think as a fan, right? Like I love Elijah Moore. I don't think Elijah Moore, 
has the upside that Zach Wilson does. He, right. Like fully acknowledging the two like realities of who those two people have been. I still think that Zach has a higher upside than Elijah does from a card price standpoint. Yeah, he's he's gonna have a much longer leash. Like he'll be able to come back, so have like a a mid tier type of career, and still on a, like comparable scarcity of card may garner the same or higher resale value just because he's a quarterback. Yeah, and it's like I don't know, like isn't Elijah Moore like much cooler than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL? Like why don't his yeah. cards sell for more money? I guess he plays for the Jets. That's part of it and all that, but like even. Like, where's Jamar Chase right now? You guys will know better than me. What does Jamar Chase sell for right now? He's, it, now, Jamar Chase, he is very expensive. So if you were to, like, yeah. compare his rookie ticket auto price, it's about the same as Zach Wilson's. And there's plenty of transactions <laughs> I see that are higher than a quarterback like Zach. And I would kind of compare Zach on, the on like, if you look at it, like a hype index, around yeah. the same level of, like, a Davis Mills. Obviously not the same level as a Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But you could put him in kind of like that uh, bottom – you know, uh, bottom tier of the 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 first second round draft, yeah, 20, yeah, from 2021, and and that's where Jamar Chase is going at. And there's some people that will pay a lot of money for his rare stuff. So the reason I brought that up was like Jamar Chase is pretty close to the cream of the crop in the NFL wide receiver wise right now. It's probably like him, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, like those are the kind of guys that he's in the conversation with. And the idea that he has to get that high to reach the bottom tier of quarterbacks. And I love Zach, but the bottom tier of quarterbacks is wild. And I don't really know if that ever changes. It seems like that's just what the market is. And that's kind of how it's going to be. I used to think it would change. I no longer think that not on the same level. You know what I mean? Like I think the yeah. wide receivers will like ebb and flow and you'll see guys get hot for a minute like this year. And like Elijah has a chance to be not reach Jamar chase level, but to, catapult himself to like aj brown level you know what i mean yeah, i don't yeah, think that's yeah. that out of out of the question but it's just it's very weird yeah and you know andy you and i talked about this you know 2021 you could have the best rookie wide receiver best rookie tight end best rookie defensive player so mm-hmm. lou I, I pc tyron matthew and jeremy hill but jeremy's a friend of mine so it's a little bit different but okay uh but you know i i pc a defensive player and i was looking uh, you know, a few months ago, like how cheap it is to build like a really epic Ed Reed collection or an epic mm. Troy Palomalu uh, mm. collection. It it's actually you know somewhat interesting. So, I I'm you know you were touching on it just uh, a few seconds ago, but man, it, it's just crazy. Like Jordan Love cards are still ridiculous. I saw Ian Book cards a few weeks I ago going crazy. It, it doesn't make it. He. Ian Book is so bad at football. He's so he's so. He just so doesn't bad. have a shot. And even like I was at the national, and I don't remember who this was who came up to me. And I'm not trying to attack you in any way, but a guy walked up on me and was like, "Hey, I have this Mike White National Treasures. I think he wanted like 500 for it." And it's like, brother, with all due respect, like I, I just can't get there. And like, how is Mike White sell for more than? How is a Mike White more expensive than an Elijah Moore? NT, walk me through it. I don't see it. I don't, I don't either. I don't you know. It's interesting. It's very, very yeah. Interesting. It's 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 part of the quest. It's part of our mission here. Luke. Yes. Um. And I think a lot of it has to do with the season long MVP award given out by the NFL. The last mm. time a skill position player, anybody but a quarterback, has won the MVP was 2012. Adrian Peterson, and he basically had to put that Vikings team on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. But it's a quarterback. Other than that, it's always quarterback. And I think there's 
if you look at the MVP winner each year, you would definitely see them having probably the highest, you know, average resale value heading in to the playoffs or whatever. Um, and, you know, I think that's, I think that's just and running back specifically are used a lot differently. Now you have a lot fewer bell cows, you know, um, and so that definitely plays a part of it. And, and the wide receiver talent in the league is, is pretty deep. I don't know if that, you know, really plays into it much, but I mean, I, I see it growing, but you're right. It, it's leaps and bounds from where it should be. Like there's still, and I tell Carter this, there's still like, I think 60% of people out there that strictly collect and invest quarterbacks. And yeah. and that's it, you know? Yeah, like I would love to have more Zach, but I literally can't afford it. <laughs> like I would love to be able to get some more stuff. It's just out of my price range. And that brings me to a guy like an Elijah. It's going to bring me to like a Sauce Gardener when his stuff comes out, whenever yeah. that stuff ends up coming out. But I will be getting that. Um, and it's funny you brought up Ed, Ed Reed too, because I've been thinking about doing my Revis PC. Um, oh, okay. He's definitely going to get inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, I would think. Um, and he's definitely the best jet of my lifetime. So I was, I was going to start diving into that and I was wondering how expensive it was going to get. I probably should wait like a couple months post hall of fame induction before I start buying stuff. Best jet. It's Brett Favre. What are you talking? No, about? no, 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 no. <laughs> Revis is definitely the best jet of my life. No question. No, about it. Um, we appreciate you a few more for you. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, you, you guys, I, I mentioned this a minute ago, covering all the sports, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you've learned, whether it be, you know, 2003, young Lou looking at the Braun rookies and <laughs> now you're you're older um, and, you know, you're looking at this stuff full time now. What are some things from like a macro view that you've learned that you could share with our audience uh, that could help their collecting and investing journey? Hmm. Uh, first thing I would say is cards is not my full time job. I have a whole other full-time job and I do cards on the side for fun um, and the podcast and all that stuff. So my experience is probably just as limited as yours listener at home, but uh, no, I'm only kidding. Um, I would say it's like communities don't lie, right? Like you can't fake it. You can't pretend to make something popular. And if you do pretend it's going to go away very, very fast. I think something that happened in the last year and a half was like the expansion of the different sports. I was someone who, really stuck my like stuck my flag in the ground i don't know what the right saying is for f1 right and i was like i feel this is going to happen i can kind of taste it right um and that was based on i was watching the netflix show i'm like this show's top 10 on all of netflix for like a month in a row like when season three first came out a month in a row at the top of the netflix charts is like borderline impossible that's like Scorsese level, DiCaprio level type of stuff, right? Like that's real viewership. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Something's happening there. Right around that time, they had just dropped the tops now for the first time. So I'm like, hmm, top is kind of seeing it too. It's happening there. Here comes tops Chrome. Let me just jump into that one. As opposed to something like a top shot. I don't know how familiar you guys are with that. I know they do all day now. I'm not sure if you've dabbled into all day at all. I have not. Um, but I saw that happening early COVID too. And I'm like, this is, there's nothing to this. No one actually cares about these. They're just flipping. Right. And you could tell it's all flipping because that's all the conversation. It wasn't necessarily about the cards and the athletes and the designs even like, it's literally exclusively like, Hey, this pack was $6 and I sold it for 75 or whatever at the, or it was probably like $350 at the peak of it. Right. You buy a $6 pack. Um, so it's really just like monitoring the conversation and like reading the room. I would say that's something I've gotten very good at. And that's one of the biggest 
skills that I've learned in the last few years in general is just like reading the room and kind of getting a vibe for the area and determining how realistic the interest actually is. So there's going to be tennis cards that come out soon. I think people, Tyler on our show loves tennis. So I'm going to be monitoring that. Um, lacrosse cards happened on our show a little bit. People got mad at us because we were talking about lacrosse cards. And then literally two weeks later, someone sent us a player of the week. They sold a lacrosse card for like $15,000. So like, I know the lacrosse community is very loyal and like very active. Right. So I'm not ruling that out, but then there's situations where there's things like wrestling. Like, do you guys like rest like pro wrestling at all? Mm, not, not really. Mm. Like, I, I'm familiar with like you're familiar the rock, with it. the yeah, Stone Cold and all that. Yeah, pro wrestling has some of the most rabid, loyal, interested fans in the world. Way more than football. Way more than the NBA. Way more than MLB. Anything like that, right? But for some reason, the cards just don't catch on, and that's where it kind of is the exception to the rule of wow, this community is so engaged and they're so loyal and they're so willing to spend money. People spend thousands and thousands of dollars every single year going to WrestleMania, right? But the cards just don't happen. So that's some, something I'm thinking about, like monitoring, trying to figure that out too. But it's really just reading the room and like communities don't lie. Hmm. Like Lewis Hamilton has 25 million Instagram followers when I first looked. I'm like, you can't fake that. Well, you can't, but like his audience was engaged. Like you can't fake the engagement of 25 million people, you know? Well, we need Lewis Hamilton holding a football card. Man. That's, that's, <laughs> Lewis that's, Hamilton, I think he he's like a part owner in the Broncos now, right? He was like part of that ownership group. Yeah, he joined the Waltons. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, that's right. kind of what it is. I, I'm, and that's not like breaking news, right? You, you kind of and it's hard, and you can't you can't really like quantify it. It's kind of it's really like feel for me. You know. All right, Andy. Do you have any more before we before we have to let Lou go? Because I have one more. Yeah, go ahead, Carter. Yeah, I'm digesting all this. That was that was a wonderful insight there, Lou. Thank yeah, you, sir. Uh, you know, before I let you go, Lou, uh, we'll yeah. just let you have the floor here. Sure. What do you think the, the the future of football cards are? I mean, you mentioned you know NFL all day. I'm you know I'm not really a fan. I did the NBA Top Shot actually. Yeah, and uh, I kind of liked it, but you did know, you like I, it because you made money, or did you like it because you like the car the card? Honestly, the NBA Top Shot that I'm made a good bit of money on was mm -hmm. a Chris Paul top shot when he was with the Thunder hmm. dribbling the ball through somebody's legs and making a pass. I love the thing. And I yeah. got it for like 200 bucks. And then when I saw it went up to like 1500, I, I listed it for 1200 and sold. I mean, I was just too, it was too much money for me to just say no. So sure. then, you know, I just never really got back into like the digital thing, but you know, we have all these different, you know, versions of parallels now. We got zebra print, tiger skin. Uh, next thing you know, we'll have McDonald's uh, versions of parallels and all of it. What What are your thoughts on the future of football cards in general? Um, I, I leave all the options open. That's kind of where I'm at, right? Like, I think... Right. I think we are due for some sort of regression in the quarterback prices. They're just too high. Davis Mills costs too much money, period. He is never going – all due respect to anyone who collects Davis Mills, all due respect to anyone who invested early, who loves Davis Mills, Texans fans, all of you guys. I love you all equally. There is no way that Davis Mills is going to be a Justin Herbert level, Patrick Mahomes level, Jalen Hurts level success, I think, in the NFL. So that there needs to be some sort of regression there. I also think there's too much energy with like fantasy and daily fantasy and 
prop gambling and all that stuff for the receivers and the corners and the running back skill position guys to like find their way to the mean. There's some sort of medium there that needs to be met. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what triggers it necessarily, but I've always felt that there's got to be something's got to give in both directions there because the quarterbacks are way too inflated and the receivers are too low. I think I bought like a DK Metcalf national treasures for like 75 bucks a year ago. It's like, what? You know, there's just some sort of medium. That's that. what I think is there's some sort of medium to be found. I don't know where it is or when it's coming, but that is what I'm looking for. Andy, do you agree with that? Uh, I know, Andy, you look at like the prices like every single day. I I fully agree with that. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I've looked into like, I mean, I bought some Deontay Johnson cards uh, and he's still really young and I still think he's really good. But, you know, uh, what, what would you say, Andy? Yeah, I mean it's it's fascinating. Even Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, his prices are back down, kind of where they were when they started getting into the playoffs. You know, so it's not like they they didn't stay at that level, that Super Bowl MVP level. Um, now heading into the season, so it is it is very interesting. Like uh, DK Metcalf were to you know get a big quarterback upgrade, lost Russell Wilson, his card prices dipped a little bit. Jerry Judy got Russell Wilson, his card prices immediately spiked. But then they cool back off. Um, so I think that the market, I think it is changing. It's 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 evolving, and it'll be interesting Maturing to see what happens this season. Because you look at a guy like uh, Romeo Dobbs right now in the Green Bay Packers. His non-serial numbered rookie cards of him in his college uniform are going for $100, Lou. And that's a combination of scarcity, market size with the Packers. He wears the number 87 jersey, so it's a Jordy Nelson jersey and Aaron Rodgers. So – there's like, and he's a rookie, you know, and there's, there's few cards out for him, but it's crazy to see the hype that he gets, but watch if, if he's not the number one wide receiver on that team and he doesn't keep that going into the season, his card price is just going to tank. So they're, they're very like volatile. Like they have these spikes, these up and downs, but they don't stay up there longer. Like the quarterbacks do. That is Romeo Dobbs is selling for a hundred plus dollars. Romeo Dobbs, baby. college uniform origins from Chronicles, non again, logo, non serial numbered sticker auto, Nevada, <laughs> baby. Especially, Woo! especially with like a, the Packers, where it's like you have no idea who he's going to pick to be his favorite receiver, and he's going to pick one, and that's it. That's how he rolls. <laughs> it could be Lazard. It, like, what happened to Christian Watson? Everyone was excited about Christian Watson. That guy's just. He got now? injured in training camp, so he's now coming back. Yeah, that's my thought, too. Like, what, what about Christian Watson? Then Aaron Jones is probably going to be the number number one wide receiver. In my yeah, opinion, right. So. Exactly. Seriously. Right. Um, yeah, it's that's interesting. I was what I was going to ask you guys was, is someone is there someone under the radar for both of you guys who you're monitoring? Like, who's the number one guy you're monitoring? You're not purchasing right now, but monitoring for potential action. Uh, for me, it's I. I for me, it's Traylon Burks. I I hmm. think he, I think he's special. Uh, this was a guy I'm very familiar with. You know, watching him in the SEC, and I know it's it's not quite the preseason Jamar Chase narrative, uh, but it kind of is. Like he's sucking right now in preseason. I think he's special. Obviously, you know his pro uniform cards aren't going to come out for a while. Yeah. Uh, but but that's just kind of been my guy. You know, I'm I've been buying him up in like fantasy leagues because he's still slipping with ADP and yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, with, with Andy, you know, he helped me a lot, you know, looking at Jerry Judy, looking at I mean, Cooper Cup PSA 10s last offseason on Starstock were going for $35. <laughs> and I, I just bought them up and, you know, it turned out 
pretty well for me. So how liquid know, were those? Uh, like, they, were you they, able to move them pretty easily? Yeah, very easily. Oh. I, I, moved, I moved them before you was able to play it down at 150. Gotcha. Uh, I should have held on, obviously, to, to some of them, but uh, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I think about skill position, liquid uh, skill position, liquidity all the time because you know I, I'm sure you watch these lewd, these card vlogs, and all I see are quarterbacks. You know, I you you never see you know deals like that happen. It's truly insane. I got Ryan. I didn't get Ryan. Ryan purchased an Elijah Moore Green Shimmer Auto. I was very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. He just Man, posted it. But some of the paid Mannings that guys right. bought is just insane. Like Ryan has one of the craziest collections I've ever seen, and he is the king. He's the one who really got me in, got me down the path of like just make decisions. That guy has such a good nose for what's about to happen, and then just attacks. He got into F one after me and has the a far better F one collection than I do, just because he's like all action all the time. What one quick thing? Because um, you know I I. We only have you for like, you're good. You're good. No worries. Um, what about patch cards? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm Andy knows this. I've actually offloaded a lot of stuff and I've moved towards game use patch cards. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember Gary talking about scarcity and all that stuff. And it is interesting that a player can always autograph a card, but there's a finite amount of game use uniforms out there. Yep. And there's a finite amount of those, you know, that, that gets put into cards. Like, I, you know, I got to meet Jeremy a few weeks ago and he gave me this game you use uniform and he autographed it. And, you know, he was asking me questions about cards and all of that. Um, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. One of his game use uniforms. These are there's not many of these that he has. He can't just go to the Bengals playing a game and, and all that. And that made me really start to rethink even more hmm. into like game use patch and just patches in general. And Lou, as you know, with these national treasures patches. You know the three color patches are important, but they could just be some random jersey that they stick in the card. So I was event worn. Event worn. <laughs> I, I was interested in what you had to say about that. Yeah, I mean it was a big thing with the triple logo man for LeBron. That was a big conversation topic for us, different sport, but the same rules apply. I think for me, I will I will do like a RPA. I will do like a patch auto if it's a national treasures or an immaculate or a flawless for sure. Right. Um, but I just think I kind of think about it and I'm like, well, when was he wearing this? When was this person wearing this? Why were they wearing it? If it's not like, I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're giving away like the preseason jerseys. Like that's what they're putting. I wish I knew. I wish it was photo match. I wish there was some sort of level of transparency about where this Jersey came from. Um, and that's actually gotten me more into the memorabilia stuff, right? For for PC, like collecting stuff. I would much rather have an Elijah Moore game used jersey than a immaculate RPA, for example, right? I think they're probably similar costs. I'm just trying to guesstimate in my head. I just think there's more to that, especially if I could photo match that jersey. If I'm like, hey, that's the game Elijah had two touchdowns against, da 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 da, and that way that led to this. Like that's the kind of stuff that's more interesting to me, as opposed to an event worn, you know they're signing a thousand autographs that day and they put on the Jersey while they're signing the autographs and they take it off and they never wear it again. And then Panini cuts it up. You know, the, the patch thing is manufactured scarcity is becoming less and less interesting to me. Interesting. Yeah. That is so interesting. What, yeah. what do you, what, do you what, what exactly do you mean by that? Like manufactured scarcity? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not a it's not a it is a real jersey, but it's not a meaningful jersey. Like you could put any kind of patch. That's why people cut up patches and they and then when they fake the patches in the card, you could just put whatever, and there's really no way to tell unless you know what you're looking for. Right. You know, and there's no way to match that stuff. And the transparency, I think, is something that I've thought a lot about recently. And in a world of blockchain and digital collectibles and provenance becoming more important and all of that kind of stuff, like just some level of like, I, I wish that on this Elijah Moore, Eli- this Elijah Moore Immaculate, it was like, hey, this jersey, even if it was like, hey, this jersey was worn in the preseason against the Eagles, I would even appreciate that anything right it, yeah. it could be a quote-unquote meaningless jersey as opposed to a super bowl jersey or a or a week two jer- or a regular season or whatever like just some sort of transparency i think would help a lot right because right now it's not that interesting to me to be super honest yeah well we appreciate you lou thank you so much Absolutely. for taking time uh card talk is where you can listen to his podcast uh with Card collector too. You should definitely follow that guy. That guy he knows what he's talking about. That guy. Yeah, he's insane. He's helped me out a bunch, and Tyler, and all of that. And Lou, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, him. gang. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Peace well, uh, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you. Enjoy better call Saul and all that stuff. And Thank uh, you. um, I th- there is I, there is someone that I think might know Elijah Moore um, well. My, hmm. uh, I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a DM. Please do. So, please do. Please do. Um, but um, but yeah, good talk. Thank to you. you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. Thank you for having me on. And also, I wanted to say I hadn't heard of your show prior to the prior to uh, that clip. And shout out to Andrew who showed it to me. I went back and listened to a couple clips. I really enjoy your show. You guys are doing like real education, and that stuff is like actually valuable, and I appreciate it. And it's not really out there. So thank you for what you guys are doing as well. Hey, that's all him, man. Awesome. I, I, and Andy's my guy, man. And shout uh, out to Andy. Well, we'll talk soon. Cool. Appreciate that, man. See you, man. Cheers. Cheers. Um, and it's, we're not small guys over here. Yeah, yeah. So, so were you sad when he left, Lou? Was I sad when he left? Um, it was a necessary evil, I would say. Right. It was something that needed to happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it kind of worked uh-huh. out, right? Like we got a, we got a lot of good stuff out of it, so it's hard to complain. Yeah, I hate to say as an LSU fan, that was a good move for you guys, but it was. Oh. Yeah, and he got paid, so it's like he's good. You know what I mean? Right. That's great, man. <laughs>